Welcome to Listen to Talking with Trees, a podcast by Anetta Lander, which is a series of attempts at addressing specific trees in Swedish, Finnish or English. This is a freestanding sequel to the project Meetings with Remarkable and Unremarkable Trees. This episode is part of Pondering with a Pine, a series of conversations recorded with a pine tree in Kaivopuisto Park in Helsinki. Hello, Pine. Or good evening, actually. The sun is high this time of the year, but it's all already quarter past six, so we could call this evening. It's finally rather warm. It's been um, sunny, but very, very cold for the season. After all, it's June. So now, finally, there is a feeling of summer. Um, I come here this late tonight because I'm gallery sitting on Haraka Island in the Telegraph Gallery there, right, uh, uh, or let's say very near here. Uh, you probably would see the island if uh, um, you would have eyes in, in your um, upper branches, or if I could climb up to your, your crown, I could very well see the island from here. Well, I thought I would uh, uh, talk to you a little bit about insects, because uh, an old friend of mine suggested that when when I asked about his ideas related to pines, and and one of the things he came up with was was this relationship between different species and especially insects. And why, of course, because uh, when we discuss uh, forestry, uh, one of the main arguments for for sort of uh, taking care of the forest, meaning uh, removing old dead trees and, and uh, well, cutting back old trees in the first place, is exactly to avoid the spreading of, of pests uh, like insects that can uh, spread in an epidemic manner. Some type of uh, saw, pine sawflies, for instance. Speaking of epidemic manner, here come the geese. Uh, although there are not uh, that many this year as uh, what they usually have been in recent years. Uh, but um, somebody told me that only 10 years ago there were like three couples of geese nesting on Harak Island, and now there are more than 100, or nearly 150. It sounds incredible, but anyway. That was a, a side remark, so it's about the collaboration between human, human and humans and geese. That's one thing, but I thought I'd talk about uh, the collaboration or combat between um, pine sawflies and pine trees. 
And the sawflies I read, they, they are a huge uh, uh, family or sort of mega family, and they've been around for 200 million years or more. And they're they're related to to wasps and bees and even ants, but they don't uh, sting in the same manner as wasps. But they they still they cut uh, their way into the into the pine. And of course, uh, normally the pines can can take uh, their attacks quite easily and protect themselves with the resin they exude and and so on, but but sometimes if the, or there are different theories, but if the conditions, life conditions are very hard for the pines, they're weakened by the conditions, and if there is like an extreme um, proliferation of the, of the larvae, of the sawfly, then uh, huge areas of forest can be killed by that. And that happened actually in, in Finland in not so long ago. So, so in terms of like uh, human interests and forestry, um, insects are very much feared and, and detested. But of course, this balance between sort of finding finding tools to to prevent the insects from attacking and then the insects adapting and finding tools to utilize and counterattack. I'm not sure if it was sawflies, but somewhere I read about um, uh, the clever insects that, that uh, responded to the increased uh, acidity or, or, or uh, like bitterness of the uh, to toxicity of the of, of the resin, resin exuded by the pine, by not sort of eating that uh, resin, but but uh, storing it in some sort of reservoirs uh, near their mouth, and thus uh, sort of recycling using that poison or to toxic substances or that with a bitter taste uh, to prevent uh, birds and other animals uh, from eating them in turn. And I thought that was such a funny uh, or clever idea. So uh, as with most things in, in natural ecosystems, there is a sort of uh, a balance that's continually evolving that has been uh, developing for thousands and thousands and even millions of years. But when that uh, sort of balance is disrupted, then very bad things can happen. Uh, probably the main um, purpose of insects from your point of view would be that that they would sort of eat away at the old ones that are no longer uh, thriving and, and that way sort of creating some sort of selection 
but why not also uh, somehow returning the, some of the substances uh, from your needles uh, into, like recycling them, making them into nourishment for other, other parts of the ecosystem. I don't know enough of that, actually. I should read more. But uh, the sort of... Although contemporary biologists like Susan Simard and many others stress uh, collaboration in nature, so it's not only the survival of the fittest and, and the sort of constant combat between species. So although collaboration is sort of the the main rule, it's quite uh, obvious when I look at the nesting birds, uh, how brutal they can be, both in protecting their young, but also in eating each other's young. You know, uh, the, the seagulls, they, they seem to be almost cannibalistic. It's uh, horrible. And I, I, I came upon a gull uh, sitting um, or standing on, on the road and eating something and I looked what on earth does it have in its mouth and it seemed to be um, a frog because the, the hind legs of the frog were, were there, there sticking out from the mouth of the seagull and then it swallowed the whole thing huge frog actually scary well to eat and to be eaten I like you plants and trees so very much because you you make the food for all of us. And, and this policy that you have, sort of combat, sure, and the realpolitik, let's come back to that later, but you your strategy is more like the idea of abundance. So there is such an abundance of, of needles, of pine cones, of everything that even if half of that is eaten by insects, you still have enough. So it's only when more than half is taken away when you start to suffer. And that's somehow a beautiful, beautiful policy or strategy or ideology, if we want to speak of that. and very unlike uh, animals and humans to some extent. And that was uh, what I, the other thing I wanted to talk with you about. I read in the main local newspaper, Helsingisang today, an essay about realpolitik, uh, a German term, so reality politics, uh, which is uh, quite a cynic, 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 cynical and uh, harsh idea that um, ideas are worth nothing if, if facts and uh, the reality check doesn't hold. And it's somehow, I, I can't remember the theoretician who coined the term, but it was in the time of Bismarck. But uh, of course, the reason why it's now uh, very much on the table is the war in Europe and in Ukraine. Where, where sort of the, the hopes and wishes of a peaceful, uh, balance of 
well, or uh, peaceful developments among nations of the world have been crushed rather badly. And funny enough, he, uh, um, the writer begins and ends with referencing to John Lennon's Give Peace a Chance, or Imagine, I can't remember which one. And, and of course, it's true that, that there are situations where, where you have to um, sort of put aside your nice principles and, and work based on the real situation. But my personal reaction is that you still have to retain the capacity to imagine an alternative. Because if we can't even imagine a world of peaceful coexistence, then how could that ever become possible? And that's, of course, uh, relevant now when there is a um, debate about the future rulers of the nation here in Finland. And especially I read a text about the, the problems of the Swedish-speaking people's party, which, which is somehow divided in two, because on one hand they want to be, although bourgeois, they they're want to be humanitarian and tolerant and liberal, but now they're uh, negotiating with a very conservative right wing parties and of course one part then another part of the the party is uh, more like an in, in, inter organization of interest for the people who who speak Swedish in this country which is a minority and some of those people tend to be very very right-wing and very conservative and so on so so there is a dilemma there and the real politique uh, reaction seems to be to to adjust to rather harsh uh, negotiations uh, and sort of forget about the beautiful principles that uh, are really important for some of the voters. Well, more of realpolitik is actually the shootings in Stockholm, which are now ex- uh, escalating in, in incredible ways. But, but why, why would I torture, torture you with all these bad news when, when summer is here and, and, uh, and right now everything is fine? And probably um, all the geese that are now here with their young eating the grass, they, they also fertilize the ground for you so so slowly slowly all the shit that they excrete will will go through the soil and and benefit you as well on Harak Island they the geese have completely transformed the, the yard which used to be gravel and is now grass and nettles and whatever simply because they have fertilized it all Well, have a nice evening and thanks for listening to me again. And enjoy.
This was an episode of the podcast Talking with Trees.